Welcome to another edition of Get Your Shift Together. And today we're going topical. Well, if you're Canadian, we're going topical. If, if, if you're listening from another country, this might not be as thrilling for you, but we are certainly reveling in this past weekend's events. And of course, I'm referring to She the North and Bianca Adrescu. And Bianca, if I'm saying your name wrong, I totally apologize. I watched the match, which I don't typically do because I have to tell you, watching sporting events and the, the tension in sporting events, not my forte. It just every every swing of the racket, every ball bounce, I'm just a bundle of nerves. And what I was amazed at was the control that Bianca was showing. And it started me reflecting on leadership and how many of the things that Bianca embodied over the last few months actually really were spectacular skills when it comes to our discussions on leadership. There were, there's, there's a few things that I, I want to talk to you about and it begins with, uh, and she's talked about this a lot in the media is this concept of visualizing and vision. So it's actually two things the ability to visualize your vision. And she actually, in the media recently, talked about that, how much of a game changer that was. And it's something that we in the corporate world don't embrace. Even in a Globe and Mail article, um, they talked about her approach to winning as being somewhat metaphysical. And, and every time you start to talk about vision and visualization, it's just not as embraced in the corporate world because it sounds a little intangible. And we don't like things that are intangible when it comes to our corporate world. But in leadership, I fundamentally, fundamentally believe and have always believed that vision is an absolutely critical tool in our toolbox of success. So when Bianca was 15 years old, she was already speaking the language of Grand Slams. So four years ago, she was already envisioning herself as winning a Grand Slam. Many years ago, she took her visioning exercise so far, and I do have to confess that I do this as well every year, she would write herself checks. So she started to visualize her earnings as well as her performance, knowing that she really wanted to hit the big leagues. And every year I write myself a check about what I want the profits of the organization to be, and I stick it in my wallet, and then I review it at the end of the year. So visualizing is a deeply intensive process from the perspective of what do you want to have happen, and what do you want to feel like when it in fact is happening and does happen. Those two aspects are really critical. And I don't know if you notice as, as much as I do, but we're very socialized to talk about what we don't want, to communicate and to envision from the perspective of not this, I don't like that, I don't want this, whether we're talking about our employees' behaviors or whether we're talking about our sales processes or whether we're talking about our operational processes, this isn't working. 
These are the behaviors that we don't want. But when I ask people to talk about what they do want, I, I tell you, it's really amazing to me. Every single time people answer me, the first answer when I say, well, what is it that you want? The first answer automatically is, I don't know. And if you don't know, you can't get it. You certainly can't get it in a way that feels good and feels on purpose. And in some cases, if you, if you really practice this art of visualization, can almost feel effortless. Not that you don't have to put effort in. You do. I'm not talking about sitting in the lotus position and chanting Om. But I'm talking about because you know you're on purpose, you're so connected to your vision, to the reality of your vision, that as things come into play, as obstacles show up, it doesn't feel overwhelming because you aren't focused on the obstacle. You're focused on the reality of obtaining your vision. And in your DNA, it already feels like you have. If I hit that sales target, what would I feel like? I'll feel euphoric. So I go in every day feeling this is done. It's done. So speaking in the future tense, um, not speaking in the future tense, tense languaging, but speaking in present languaging as if what you are envisioning is already accomplished. Now, vision is one thing. So that's the beginning. What's the picture? What, what are the feelings associated with it? But she also talks about the practice of visualizing. So, so what Bianca does, and, and many, many, many superstar athletes do, is they go through the game serve on serve. They know what it will feel like to come into contact with that ball. If Serena does this, I will do this. If Serena does that, I will then meet that with this serve literally spends time in her mind visualizing the vision of winning the game. I hope that nuance makes sense to people. Now, the other thing that she did, and I, I think we all, we all caught it, because there were some turns in the game. You know, she came out strong. She was winning. That was amazing. And then suddenly Serena was like, ah, no. That is not going to happen. And she found her sense of self for a little bit. And what you could see Bianca doing in response to that was self-talk. Now, what's important about self-talk is that we make it conscious. Because even the most successful people that I've coached, and, the, and, and often their persona would not indicate this, have unconscious negative self-talk. I know I certainly battle that myself. And the only solution to negative self-talk is to choose conscious, positive talk. So the unique, oh, it's not unique. The, the critical thing here is conscious versus unconscious. We are constantly talking to ourselves, constantly. If you think other people chatter a lot. Your own brain is talking to you non-stop. And I, I, I am simplifying simplifying this a, a bit. This, this takes a lot of practice and, and some tools. But the reality is our belief system, 
about ourselves and about the world around us is what informs self-talk. And that often shows up in the form of automatic thoughts. And if we don't look at those automatic thoughts and verify the truth of those thoughts, that's where we get into trouble. So consciously choosing positive self-talk is absolutely critical. Even Serena did it. Um, it was really quite amazing in the, in the post-game interviews. What she said was, I didn't show up today. Well, what she actually said was Serena didn't show up today. And that she knew that she was capable of playing better than she played. So her, her underlying belief system was, I am a brilliant tennis player. That's so critical because then when we don't show up as our capability, it's not crushing because we actually know better. So bringing those positive beliefs about ourselves, cultivating those positive beliefs about ourselves is absolutely critical. And Bianca did it throughout the whole match. Expecting more of herself, knowing that she could deliver. The third tool that she deployed was focus. <laughs> now, I was watching the match with some other people. And it was really interesting to me because when Bianca was coming on strong and she, she broke Serena a couple of times and we got to game point, there was an assumption in the room with the people that I was watching with that Bianca had done it. And I was like, you know, so there's some nice spidey sense of sort of went off and I said, well, it's not done till it's done. It's not done till it's done. And we got to, oh, she's won. And the truth is that's when Serena came back, right? So when she taps into her most ferocious game is actually when she, when she gets under because she has something to prove. And what Bianca did so incredibly well until she had the game point, she didn't get cocky. She remained focused. Now, some of the U.S. media might say she was a bit cocky, but um, she just remained focused until it was done. And a lot of us often have the end in sight, and that's where we start to lose momentum. And it's most critical that in that final stage, until the I is dotted and the T is crossed, to use a cliche, that we maintain focus. And she did a brilliant, brilliant job on that. Now, <clears throat> the fourth thing that she did is in, in my belief system, certainly in the top three most important leadership attributes to develop. And that's the focus on team. And, and as a leadership coach, as a, as a performance coach, what I was really proud of was that this 19-year-old girl, she's on the stage for the first time, she's being awarded the, the trophy and, and the check. 
and she went to people who had helped her get there. What she consciously knew was that, sure, she was the one on the court hitting the balls, but she didn't get there all by herself, that it was a team of people that helped her get there. And she was very clear on that, that she knew that she wasn't in it alone. She didn't have to do it all by herself. She had a lot of people and a lot of expertise and a lot of resources getting her to where she could perform at her optimum. And regardless of where you are in the leadership game as a, inside of an organization, knowing that you have a team and believing in those resources, that you as the leader don't have to have all the answers, what you have to do is to be able to trust your team and their expertise is so important. And as many of us climb that leadership ladder and as we get to the top of the leadership ladder, our ego starts to come into play quite a bit. I see it time and time again. I, unfortunately, um, as a performance coach, I actually see it every day where we start to believe our own press and we think our success is all about us. And the truth is, it's about how we engage and relate to the resources around us. And as a 19-year-old, I was exceptionally impressed with her ability to understand that. Beginning with her parents and the sacrifices that her parents had made to get her there, to her coach and the team psychologists and the physio people, she was really conscious of it takes a village. And that is true for all of us. So whether, as I said, whether you're at the top of your leadership game or whether you're just climbing that leadership ladder, look around you and do an audit. Who do you think of as your team? Who are you connected to? Who do you trust? Who do you rely on? Or are you trying to prove yourself over and over again what you know and what your contribution is going to be? Because if you focus on the contribution of a team, suddenly the playing field gets a lot easier for everybody involved. And as, again, as a 19-year-old, I thought that was exceptionally impressive because I talked to a lot of 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds who really don't understand the concept of team. So that's something that you might want to think about cultivating. And then the last thing that she, she did was really exemplify gratitude. So, yes, it's about hard work. Yes, it's about mindset. Yes, it's about your team. And she was simply grateful for everything that everybody had contributed, for the hard work that she put in, for the practice that she had developed over the years. Because the truth is, she had had a bad year the year before. Like for some of us who don't religiously follow tennis, Bianca kind of came out of nowhere. And that's because she didn't even qualify for the U.S. Open last year. She had a year filled with injuries. And, and more importantly, I think her coach would say a year filled with bad attitude. And, and she was nowhere on the scene. And suddenly she exploded onto the scene this year. And so she was very grateful for all that she had learned. She was grateful for all of her experiences. And again, mirroring that is what Serena did when she was on the podium and, and, and talking about uh, what the match had been like for her. She talked about the ups and downs. And in terms of her search for her success and for her next major win, she knows that the ups and the downs are critical to her learning and to her evolving as a player, as a, as a, as a legend in tennis. 
and she's grateful for all, all those opportunities. And how many times do we get down a path, we encounter some obstacles, times get tough, things don't turn out the way that we thought they were going to turn out, and we get angry and we get frustrated. And some of us who have had that happen to us a few times get kind of bitter and tired versus saying, okay, all of these experiences are forming me. All of these experiences are evolving me, and I am grateful for that which I can learn inside of the experience, whether it's positive or negative. And I get some of you guys are listening to this and going, oh, but you don't know how hard it is, and you don't know what's happened to me. I do. I really do. I had some tough experiences as I was coming up the ladder, and the first time I made vice president in the company, if we talked to some of uh, the people that worked for me, they would say... I was a disaster. So I've, I've, I've had it all go wrong. But what I know is that those experiences formed me and showed me what was really, really important in leadership. And so this concept of gratitude and a consistent practice of gratitude cultivates success. And it really helps inform our vision and the visualization of achieving that vision. So those two things, gratitude and vision, are in, in deeply, deeply linked. So that's really, really important. So those are the five things. So we've talked about this concept of vision and visualization of the vision, self-talk and conscious self-talk, choosing what we say to ourselves and about ourselves, the requirement of focus, particularly as we're pushing towards the finish line, team and how none of us is in it alone and, and success becomes much easier and dare I say much more enjoyable when we are sharing and in community with people and then the ever important concept of gratitude. All of us, regardless of where we are in our career, can practice these concepts. And I hope you trust me and, and realize that if you do practice them, your success is all but guaranteed. So thank you for listening today and get your shift together.